Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network's uh, much-delayed or very quick and swift review of Blue Beetle, depending on what part of the world you're in. Uh, This is the most delayed film to be released in Australia since No Time to Die. Uh, I barely remember seeing this about a month and a half ago, (laughs) but uh, Jamie got very upset that she wasn't on this review. Um, So apparently she had a lot to talk about, uh, but then decided to say, no, just kidding. I only come on those when you make me. Uh, but <laughs> I have a couple of her opinions that I could share on this. But this is the second to last DC EU film ever made or the first DCU film. We're still not quite sure. Uh, and if nobody's quite realized yet, it involves a blue beetle. Oh. And oh, I get it now. Susan's, and Susan Sarandon. <laughs> And that's it. That's all there is to the movie. Thank you for joining us. My name is Colin. Um, my name is Colin, and her mom is dead. And my name is Ben, and I'm a nobody, I swear. As, uh, both true. Um, <laughs> oh, was I meant to quote something in this movie? Oh, shit. Yeah. I, I don't have one. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I, everything's starting to come back to me now. As I remembered, literally Dion. during Mantra, I'm like, oh, yeah, C- C- Celine, uh, no, Celine Dion was in this movie. It's yeah. all coming <laughs> back Sarandon. to me now. Great song. Uh, you notice that we skipped Celine Dion's acting debut earlier this year. Um, did she have but, an acting uh, debut earlier this year, did she? She did, yeah. Oh. I keep seeing previews for it, but uh, I'm oh, not coming back until to watch it. But yes, Queen Celine. I forgot Susan Sarandon was in this movie until I did my intro right there. <laughs> but uh, this movie's been out for quite a while here. Just came out for you. Uh, I remember my disappointment, or I think both of us had the flip side disappointment, when you said to me, I'm going to see Gran Turismo if you want to do the review. I'm like, that doesn't come out here for like two or three weeks. And then I'm like, I'm going to see Blue Beetle if you want to do that. You're like, that's coming out for like six weeks. Um, <laughs> something's messed up between our countries here. Uh, I don't know. Let's blame blame the Writers and Actors Guild strikes. But uh, uh, this movie is probably one of the ones I was most excited about this summer, despite the fact it's a lower budgeted movie that was meant to be released just straight to HBO Max, just because I'm like a huge fan of the Blue Beetle comic book. Uh, particularly like this iteration that I'm going to keep calling him Jamie Reyes, but it's no, sorry. It's Jaime, Jaime, uh, Jaime, Jaime, something like that. Jaime, Jaime Reyes. Uh, but so yeah, when you I'll see yeah, a Jamie Spanish because... person called Jesus, the name is like Jesus. Yeah, it's Jesus. Yeah, which makes total sense. But I mean, reading the comics, I read Jamie and then every other animated version Blue Beetle's ever been in, it's been Jamie. So, so you're, this is the first you're time it's Holland been in, right? and I'm Hen. Uh... Hen, okay. <laughs> Hen and uh, Holland. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll reserve my opinions for after I find it because I've, I've been sitting on them for a while, but I'm curious what you actually thought about this movie because I, I have a feeling that this might, we might be on board here, but I want to hear what you think about it I first. Did, before I do, I want to tell like a really quick 
great story. Because usually I come into this and I'm like, ah, oh, people in the cinema on their phones and people like, I'm always bagging people. And I will say this cinema I went to, there was like this one guy went to walk out, came back, was on his phone for half the time. This couple in front of me kept talking, but I was in a bigger cinema, which it was not as bad, but really great story. And I know nobody listens to this show. They listen to 007, by the way. Thanks for the message, Shedmeister. But <laughs> um, a shout out to Event Cinemas in Hurstville because... I went to book a ticket to my usual cinema, which is near my work in like the CBD of Sydney. They didn't have good timings of sessions. So I'm like, okay, where's the nearest cinema to me? It's in this little, it's in a suburb near my place called Hurstville. It's about 15 minute train right away. So I booked for a 7.30 normal session. Great. Boom. I get a text message on Monday from somebody claiming to be the manager of this cinema. I'm like, oh yeah, right, cool. Scam, whatever. But this person's basically said, we've had technical difficulties with the 7.30 showing. We cannot show that so I'm either going to offer you to see it at like 9 o'clock or at 6.30 on like our version of IMAX. We won't charge you any cost for it. And then they sent me like a text of like their business card to prove it was really them. So I'm like, okay, like whatever. It's an hour earlier. I don't give a shit. I'll go along with the 6.30 one. I have no life. To which then (laughs) not only do they send me the updated ticket, they go, for your inconvenience, here are two free movie tickets. And I'm like, oh. I will be inconvenienced more event cinemas, Hurstville, <laughs> if you want to give me free movie tickets. And then when I showed up last night to it, I had the nicest lady serve me. She kept apologizing for it. And I'm like, dude, like it really doesn't matter. It's an hour earlier. Um, and then I'm in like the great big cinema with a great screen and the comfy seats and everything. And I only paid like 10 bucks for it. So um, shout out. Good experience. Brilliant. Uh, I've got my two free movie tickets. So um, I don't know what's coming out soon. I can see it for free because I'm a cheapskate. <laughs> um, with that in mind. Yeah, look. It's a DC movie. I feel like I've almost got rose-tinted glasses. I always watch these and I always come out of it going like, oh, like if this was a Marvel movie, I feel I'd be more critical. Um, It was enjoyable. It's got problems. Um, It's kind of Shazam, but with a Latino family. Um, It's it's funny. It's got great moments. I mean, I can't wait for us to do a recap of this movie because there's moments in this film which kind of like they click their fingers and they're like, plot, we don't need it. Oh, it makes no sense why these people can do this. Let's just do it anyway because this makes no sense. Um, like, like literally, George Lopez can fly a machine now out of nowhere and <laughs> so can the mum. That came out of nowhere. But, like, it was almost very much like old school comic book movie, like early 2000s. It was kind of just like kid gets scarab, kids turn into blue beetle, kid fights evil guy for no reason. Like... I think there are elements to it which I enjoyed, which kind of took you back to those days. Um, Susan Sarandon was like, ah, I'd love to know how that... Apparently this was meant to be Sharon Stone. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, Um, but they couldn't... It just fell through, which I almost see Sharon Stone more in this. I love Susan Sarandon, but this has got to be the most cartoonish, over-the-top, easiest paycheck she's ever earned in her life. Um, but I mean, like, it's like the more and more I sit on it, like I enjoyed it. I didn't dislike it, but this is probably in the lower tier of the DCEU ones that maybe I'm like, eh, like, you know, I, I'm not going to rush out and rewatch this one anytime soon, but it's still enjoyable. Uh, yeah. So I was right. We're pretty much completely on the same page with almost everything there. Uh, so my first thought when I saw this was exactly what you said. This is a throwback to those early 2000s, mid 2000s superhero movies. This is like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, you know, a better version of something like Daredevil. You know, it, it's it's not so concerned with being modern and all those crossovers. Uh, and obviously the Shazam comparisons, I, I, there's a couple things they clearly changed from the comics to make it even less Shazam-like. Uh, but uh, t- 
to me, what I did enjoy about this was just that it was a welcome break from everything else we've been getting for both Marvel and DC for years now. And I think that I sat down afterwards. I started trying to rank the uh, all the DC movies, like the 50 we've had so far. And I think I, this made my top 10 or it was either like 10 or 11. Like it's not, it's, it's you know, like you said, kind of the, the lower third of uh, the DC movies. But at the same time, I feel like this is not nearly the best superhero movie I've seen within the last year or two years, but I feel like this is the most necessary superhero movie for right now. Like this is the one that's like, it's a palate cleanser. It's like, all right, everybody who's getting tired of this endless crossovers and movies where the lead character doesn't even get to be the lead character in their own movie and all this universe building, let's just have a good old fashioned superhero movie. It's the blue beetle movie. There's like, one character in this movie that exists in other comics and that's i guess technically the villain but it's it's a villain that makes sense to include here it's not like we're crossing over two things in a one there's brief mentions of three other superheroes that exist in this universe because this is i guess supposed to be the new universe or a new universe but it's just literally just that it's just mentions of them like this is just a universe where the blue beetle is his own superhero and that's kind of just what i wanted right now like i don't want and more of these crossovers, even though some of those crossover movies are better movies. This is just, it It was, it was a nice change in pace. Now, having said that, biggest issue I have with this movie is that it felt like Susan Sarandon was thrown in here last minute. Like, what, does she even know what she's doing in this movie? Uh, I, I love the kid in it. I, I butcher his name, Zolo or jo, Jolo, something or other. Don't ask me. Uh, the kid, he's the kid from Cobra Kai. Like, he, he's one of the kids on Cobra Kai. And I think this is like... Uh, not going to win an Oscar or anything, but this is just one of those performances where you're like, this kid has something where he could be a star. Not necessarily this movie is going to be like, oh, this is groundbreaking star-making performance, but like he's got this certain type of charisma that just you don't see often, particularly in the panicky scenes where I just, I loved him in it. I thought George Lopez was great. I thought everything about this movie was just fun. Is it the most memorable movie? No, but is it something that I personally just want right now and i, I kind of want more movies like this yeah, absolutely i hope this movie clicks enough that more people just start saying let's just make straight superhero movies again that don't have to be connected well i think we've we've often established with the dceu movies is that's what they do better than marvel and and yeah we've always shared our views on we like the interconnectedness but again marvel maybe goes too far and dc maybe goes too far away from it there's kind of a middle ground but i think what dc does very well which marvel struggles with is this family like getting chemistry between a whole group of people on such a level where it's not the avengers you know what i mean because like yeah. i guess you've got to you've got to establish that with the mcu that sure you've got your your avengers and they all come together and everyone loves the quips and the quirkiness and all that sort of stuff and then each of the avengers have got their own little posse but the problem with that you how, how do you keep up with them because there's so many of them Whereas I kind of mm-hmm. think what DCEU does with these separations is different. Like you've got Shazam's world where their family dynamic is so great and fun. And now you've kind of got this Blue Beetle thing. And like uh, what I loved about this film and what they did is outside of Susan Sarandon and no disrespect to these actors who I know several of them are very big in Mexico. But like these are kind of unknowns to a lot of us in I guess maybe the non Latino, Spanish-speaking movie worlds. We don't really know a lot of these. I mean, I've never seen Cobra Kai. I have no idea who the main guy is. No disrespect to him, but he's fantastic. And, like, that's where you can maybe connect with these characters more. I mean, I know who George Lopez is. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, whereas in the MCU, you're distracted. You're like, oh, it's four of the Chris's. It's, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Like, you know, you know these people. Whereas I like it where you can kind of do this. And the family dynamic's fantastic. It's fun. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's... 
it's really entertaining. Um, but yeah, the main guy is fantastic. Zolo, Maradona, uh, he's great. And the thing with Susan Sarandon, though, is like, yeah, it's so loud, but like, there's just something charming about getting this Oscar winner, like, legend of Hollywood, who's just like hamming it up. It was kind of like with Helen Mirren in Shazam. It's just like, what is she doing in this movie? But like, you don't care because like, is this Susan Sarandon's best performance? No. Uh, but, like, she, she does look like she's having fun. Like, that's the thing. Mm. When you can get somebody like this who just doesn't give a shit and just looks like they're having fun. I, I really liked um, Bruno Marquisine, the Jenny, for many reasons. She was fun. <laughs> um, but, like, even the sister. Um, the, oh, yeah. She was great. Um, and, like, the one thing too that I loved about this, the visual aspect of this film, like, um, this this city. Is it Palmera City? Is that where it is? Mm-hmm. Um, like, fictional, again. Looks what, amazing. It really does. Like, this is, I guess, is meant to be some sort of, like, fictionalised blend of Miami, but, like, very futuristic, mm-hmm. like, the way they've got the buildings. And this score that they've got in the movie, uh, is it Bobby Krillich? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct. Probably not. But it's kind of got that real, like, 80s synth wave, kind of like a bit what they did in Wonder Woman 84, but a bit more full on. And I love that kind of stylized with the neon pink and the blue. And it, it just fits in very, very well. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, there are definitely issues with this movie, but, like, you can't not say this is enjoyable. I mean, of all the MCU films I've had this year, I think I've... <laughs> Here goes Ben again, shitting on MCU. Which ones were there? I've, I've forgotten them all. <laughs> I mean, Ant-Man, yeah, um, Guardians. There was another one this year, wasn't there? We're about to get the Marvels. We had another uh, MCU movie this year, didn't we? Yeah, I, I swear there was something else uh, right before, right after Guardians that I, was like a big miss. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the point is, I, I considering that we remember them all, um, I'm pretty <laughs> kind sure... Kind of the point we're making. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I enjoyed this uh, more so than all. But it's interesting you say that this is meant to be just like a straight to HBO because um, obviously, again, it's being talked about as being a box office bomb. I'm sure you'll touch on that. But like, oh. it's it's like... I, I, I mean, this to me seems like it's got more of a bigger budget than maybe it was maybe it was given more of a big, bigger budget. I don't know. Because to me, it um, you know, this would have been almost out of place in HBO. It looks a bit too flash because I didn't think there was anything wrong looking with this film. Yeah, I mean, as far as this movie called A Bomb, like, I think everybody's trying to compare the box office to this to other superhero movies. And for one thing, you can't really do that because... At, as we've gone through on almost every movie review we've done this summer, not everything is a bomb. We are just at a new normal for box office. Yeah. So if Indiana Jones is only making what, like $150 million or something like that, but it would normally make 300 million, you got to assume everything's making about 50% with the exception of a select few movies, you know, Barbenheimer, obviously uh, little mermaid was even called a bomb. And I think it made like $300 million. Like this is just where we're at. Now the second part being this movie was done. It was completed for HBO max. And they only just decided kind of within the last, you know, six months or so, six, nine months to say, well, let's release this theatrically. They were going to be releasing this for free to subscribers. So if they're making anything in the box office, this movie's already profitable. And I think the one thing that's kind of been underestimated with this is the staying power. It's it's consistently done better on its second, third, fourth weekend than most movies do. Now, it still has not made $100 million, but it's not a movie that necessarily you know, costs that much to make. So they're not expecting it to make that much money. Uh, and the, the the big results were, I guess, uh, the Latino community and how big it's been there. Uh, that that was one of the um, big things that happened with Crazy Rich Asians a couple of years ago. Is like, this is a market that's kind of untapped. And that's what they're sort of hit on with Blue Beetle here. Where it's like, 
stop focusing on whether or not this has made Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 or Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse numbers. Start focusing on where is this grossing versus other Latino-led films. I mean, it's it's right up there. So I hope that this movie gets a sequel. Uh, I hope that uh, this you know provides more opportunities for like the director and, and the cast and everything. Because, yeah, like a lot of these unknown actors, like they're fantastic in this movie. Uh, I, I would put this up there with Shazam, which there are similarities, but I'd put this up with Shazam for just being able to put this ensemble cast together where you're not just focused on the the one main hero. You're kind of focused on everybody as a unit. And that that's what's kind of fun about this movie. Yeah, and I'm glad you the Latino thing I think is very important because um, that's what this has been targeted as. But, I mean, I will say, and like in, I'm maybe living in a bit of a bubble given that here in Australia we've got this movie a little bit late. So I really feel the promo around this movie has been terrible here in Australia. I, I like generally, you know, in Sydney you, you, you get, generally as you do, billboards and all these kind of things of movies and what's coming out and everything. But... I'm still seeing Gran Turismo billboards. I'm like, I mean, that's really it. Like, there's not much that's being advertised here. I don't think I've seen one ad for this film anywhere. Even when I went into the cinemas yesterday, I didn't see any banners or anything for it. I think it popped up on a YouTube video I watched the other day, just like, oh, now in cinemas. So it's been poorly advertised. But like, this is groundbreaking for the Latino community. I mean, we live in this age where it's all about, you know, what female-led superhero movies. We had Black Panther, kind of all those sort of things that have been groundbreaking but like this is the first one shang chi obviously for for the asian community mm. this is the first real latino one because i mean does again pardon my ignorance i'm probably forgetting an obvious one but does the mcu have a latino superhero um maybe sidekicks uh there was the guy in ant-man <laughs> who, yeah. who was it with michael pena i mean that's... Uh, yeah but not like a lead and this isn't again it's not even just a lead yeah. this isn't one character this is your entire cast essentially <laughs> and it's and it's and again this is falling into that trope that I don't like, that we are signaling out these are Latinos, how great it is. You know, as I always bring the whole Michael Jackson, we are the world notion of we all shouldn't be, you know, signaling out people based on that, which again, I still agree with, but again, we're not quite there yet. But I I don't see that. And maybe again, I'm living in the wrong part of the world. I don't see that hype around this film for doing this for the Latino community, like Black Panther got for doing that with the black community, what Shang-Chi did Mm -hmm. with the Asian community. And that's kind of disappointing because controversial opinion Colin I think this does the best out of all three of them because like yeah I mean I've been I've been to Mexico like once (laughs) but like in all seriousness my brief little dalliance in Mexican culture is very like this like this is what Latino families are like they're very close they're very like on top of you the houses like the 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 cultural element my very brief moment in Mexico I can oh yeah that's what it's like and again, I think kind of from the limited stuff I know of Latino culture, it feels very accurate. Now, is this maybe a bit stereotyped in certain things? Of course. I don't know if that's getting criticism, as often these sort of things will do when they kind of focus on that. But my long-winded way of saying is I think this does a very great job at giving that community a voice in this realm. And I really do hope that's being celebrated, particularly, again, with like the casting, the music choices, even the final credit scene which i think is a homage to a famous mexican superhero which again you and i probably have no clue what that is but the audience that this is targeted towards i'm sure loved that so yeah i think this does a fantastic job and even like the writers the directors everybody it's all sort of connected into that community they're not just gotten generic white guy to yeah. direct a, a you know a latino based movie you got you got a porter a a Puerto Rican, like literally from Puerto Rico, who directed this movie. And yeah. the, the, I, I don't know where the screenwriter's from, but I mean, obviously he's Hispanic as well. Um, I think 
I kind of agree with you with that whole representation thing. Like, was Black Panther a big deal to have that level? That similar to this is not just about one character. It's about an entire cast. Captain Marvel was very much overblown. That that was brilliantly, I'll say, brilliantly promoted because My you hobby. fooled, the, <laughs> the, yeah, but you fooled an entire world into thinking they had never seen a movie like this before when they just saw Wonder Woman a couple of years earlier. Well, well, uh, but yeah, w- with with this one, I feel it's different because this is more again Shazam comparison. The way that Shazam was like, we're going to have an entire cast, and the, all the characters are going to be. You know, these foster kids, something you don't typically see and you don't see celebrated. It's usually like, oh, the poor times. And this is like it's it, it's it's glorifying these these poor people in the movie. But yet they're not living like, oh, we're so poor. And these are all our hardships. Like you can only have so much of that. We, we, we talked about that with a lot of our movies. Like you don't have to address all the problems of the world. Sometimes you just kind of have fun with it. And that's what I appreciate about this movie. It just had fun with their culture and it had fun with this dynamic. And I think the two things on that is that with with Black Panther, with Captain Marvel, um, you touched on it there. We, we, we'd had examples of it before. Blade existed before mm-hmm. Black Panther. We'd had black superheroes before, just not to that level. We'd had female-led superheroes before. just not. I mean, again, I know you hate the movie, but Elektra was still a female-led super. Catwoman was still a superhero mm-hmm. movie with a female lead. They still exist. Um, but people acted like Black, black Panther was the first of its kind. Again, please, somebody out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I cannot think of a Latino superhero movie ever. Um, or a Latino yeah. superhero in general. Um, so there's that. And also like that that level of what you're saying, like, yeah, about them being sort of like a, a poor family, like, well, not even poor, but like, you know, less well off, struggling. Down on their luck. Down on their luck. Like, And again, this isn't a super spoiler, but fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear any types of spoilers. But like, this isn't one of those movies of, oh, poor family, now they're rich. Like it's, yeah. even the way this movie ends, it's kind of like that community vibe. And yeah, there's kind of implications about they'll get a bit more assistance now, but it's not like with these superpowers that Jaime's now all of a sudden like, oh, Captain Rich Man. Like there's still <laughs> kind of that level of, they're still grounded. Shazam does it though. Shazam does it as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and it's also that level of that uniqueness where this does it better than Shazam, whereas the whole transition scene, and this is in the trailer, so this isn't a spoiler, it's right in front of the family. This isn't like, oh, i got to keep it secret. Aunt May can't yeah. know I'm super, the Spider-Man. Like, you know, like everybody knows from the get-go. And that's kind of where this is, does it a little bit different. And yeah, but um, yes. The, uh, the the transformation scene where he first transformed, like he's a, it's, it's, there's no hiding. It's not him on his own. It's like every, the entire household witnesses it. That told like such a fine line between being kind of amusing and and entertaining to watch and actually being truly terrifying. Yeah. Like, when you're watching uh, Zolo Meriduena, uh, the Cobra Kai kid, when you're watching Kai him, from Cobra Kai. <laughs> if you're watching just him, you're like, this is a horror movie. Like, yeah. I, like I, I felt like I wanted to be sick, but then you cut to the shots of the other families and everybody's playing it slightly differently. Like that's probably the one sequence that I'll remember as being like just fantastic in this movie. Another uh, benefit this movie has is that, yes, you have some CGI shots in this movie, but they built a suit. This is a real suit that the actor wore that the, or stunt actors, stunt doubles, whoever. And for some of these fight scenes, it's a guy in a giant bulky suit who's actually performing these stunts. And this another thing that kind of goes back to those old school superhero movies before everything just became CGI, like the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. I don't think there even was a suit. He was just literally wearing green spandex from the the, the neck down, and that's all they did. Uh, some of the Spider-Man movies kind of did that. So practical effects this movie has going for it. You know, is it a lower budget? Yeah. It was meant to be a TV movie or a streaming movie, and... 
for what it is, I think that uh, they pulled it off. Like, it, is it the most brilliant movie ever made? No, but it, it offers just enough that, that is different and sets it apart without trying to make a point we're different and we're setting things apart. It's definitely one of these movies, the more and more I talk about it, I think, the more I'm like, okay, maybe I enjoyed it more than I think. Like, it, it, it I think maybe it's a little bit long. Uh, just you could trim 20 or so minutes of this film because, again, we're just in this period yeah, of film. Just over two hours. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not a three hour film, but I still feel that nowadays that, like, minimum is always at least two hours, 10 minutes. You know, you never get a 90 minute movie now or something like this feels like you, this could be like a 90 minute movie or something along those lines too. Um, But like, I think I also found it interesting reading like stuff from James Gunn, where he's basically almost implied that this could be considered the first DCU film, not DCEU. Cause I mean, at the time mm-hmm. of us recording this, I, I know uh, Patrick shared it with me. Of course he did, but I saw it before he shared it with me. But uh, the Aquaman trailer, yeah, which, I mean, just looks like fucking the first Aquaman. I'm confused <laughs> in the trailer. There's so much going on. There's flashes, bangs, and bright colors. And I'm like, fuck, no, I'm getting a headache watching this trailer. What's the movie going to be like? Morrison. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I, I loved uh, the whole, like, Amber Heard. She's clearly in it, but not in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I think you see a foot in it at one point. Um, but, like... It's sort of interesting that, like, this movie, I think, was, what, a couple of years started being made before this James Gunn acquisition of mm-hmm. the DCU that they're able to sort of transition this because it seems as though James Gunn wants to heavily involve Blue Beetle in the DCU and that mm-hmm. he's kind of said that, oh, yeah, this basically is in the universe of my films and sort of these films, if you know what I mean. Because as you said, I think yeah. they mentioned Batman once. I think they mentioned Superman. Did they mention The Flash? And The I Flash. Think? Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, again, we, we talked about this on Patreon, but the, the, those three characters is important when you watch the Flash movie to realize there might be a reason why they exist in another universe. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's it's cleverly done. Uh, I mean, we keep getting these threads that, uh, you know, maybe are just some post-production edits that they're doing in order to help tie these in now into what James Gunn is doing. So, how the fuck they're doing that with Aquaman, I have no clue. <laughs> but, um yeah, I like, yeah, talking about this more, it kind of like, yeah, okay, maybe I enjoyed that more than I thought. Although I, I, I do remember that kind of was with Black Adam last year. And then when we did the recap of that, we're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> this doesn't yeah, hold up I mean, that well. <laughs> I think also opinions change, uh, yeah. you know, the more time passes as well. Like I can say with, with Guardians Volume 3, I'm probably just as positive I enjoyed that as I was a couple months ago. Shazam Fury of the Gods, I'm probably a little bit less positive. What do I enjoy in that a couple months ago? Um, the Flash, uh, you know, I actually did see that a second time and I sort of expected it would be one of these things where it just gets so much better the second time. I'm like, yeah, it's about the same. Like, I, I, I don't know whether the flash is going to be one of these movies that'll hold as like, Oh, this is definitely one of the greatest the way I kind of originally thought. I, although I still think it's a solid movie. I think this is one that having been out now for like a month, uh, I'm some. feeling like uh, it, it's, I'm pretty positive that, you know, this is, this is going to at least hold up to some extent. Uh, other reactions around me, Jamie absolutely loved this movie and what she loved most. And this is before we even discussed about it. She said, it reminds me of the, like those Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, like the old superhero movies, like X-Men. Uh, everybody seems to be on the same page with that. Like that's what the best thing about this movie is. And then my nephew, Patrick, who actually saw this with us, uh, he said that he loved it even more than the first Shazam movie, which I'm like, whoa, mm. I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, similar movies, but he actually preferred this one over it. I, yeah, I mean, I did get a lot of Spider-Man vibes in this because, I mean, I think when we initially heard, going back to you talking about Blue Beetle, I'd never heard of Blue Beetle until they said this was going to be a thing, so I have no freaking clue what this character is. I mean, I'm assuming this is meant to be like DC's Spider-Man slash Iron Man. Is that kind of what it's meant to be? Um, 
I mean, you, you got like the alien connection and stuff. There, there, it's it's a little bit of everything. I mean, the Blue Beetle has been around since like the 40s, I think. There's been multiple versions. What, what One of the, the important things in this movie that uh, people who might read the comics would be more interested in is the the fact that there's there's a character who I thought has to be in this movie because the second version of the Blue Beetle, Ted Cord, is very closely tied to the Jaime Reyes uh, character in the comics. And I kept waiting. I'm like, no, he's definitely a major part of this plot. You kind of just have to look closely in the movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, like he's not even the original Blue Beetle. Like there was an even another one years or decades prior to that. So the character's kind of been around for there and it's kind of evolved over time. But this when they relaunched it in like 2006, I think the 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 Reyes version, it was meant to be let's have a teenage superhero, I guess, similar to Spider Man. Well, because I think the vibes I got with it being similar to Spider Man is he's probably the most quippy. Uh, of all the mm-hmm. like, like you know, Spider Man, Peter Parker in the suit is dropping one liners and quippy and being kitty like. Like well, this is what to me that Jaime's doing in this one because we don't really have a DC superhero who kind of does that. You know, Shazam, somewhat, but like this, you know, he's not masked. Like you see who he is. Whereas like this one was much more on that level of Peter Parker doing everything that he's doing with that. So um, yeah, I, I definitely got vibes of 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 that too. Good job, Jamie. Or Jaime. Good job, Jamie. <laughs> Jaime, Jaime. Jaime Hilding. <laughs> that would really work. Jaime, Jaime Hilding. <laughs> She's got a new nickname. Um, I don't have much else to add on this other than the the fact that the the DCU launching, like the, I don't know whether Aquaman's gonna make this any clear to us, but uh <laughs> I think that this this movie was sort of just designed, even when it was DCEU, to just sort of be its own thing. Maybe the other superheroes exist in this world, but this this was probably even before James Gunn came in an attempt to refocus let's just have individual superhero movies again which i'm okay with like i i wouldn't mind if all these properties we have coming out that half of them take place in their own universes i said even when the eternals came out years ago that to me the eternals would have it wouldn't have been a great movie but it would have been a much better movie if you didn't try to set that in the same universe as the avengers and everything else if you just made that its own thing so I, i'm sort of i'm not over the whole shared universe but i think you marvel and even dc now have just reached a point where it's like you're going to have to start pulling back because not everything can be shared. Shazam should not be sharing a universe with every other superhero. You know, Batman shouldn't be sharing a universe with every other superhero. Sometimes it's more effective to just have a superhero on their own. Well, I think the MCU kind of did that in the early days from memory, didn't they? When they did their origin story movies that they didn't all feel super connected. And again, I guess it's different yeah. with an origin movie, but like it's still... Yeah, like, I, I guess it's just this superhero fatigue that everybody's talking about right now. I mean, looking here, uh, just to go back to our point, we only did have the two MCU movies so far this year. Uh, Marvel's <laughs> comes out in about a, a month and a half. Um, so we had Guardians and Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp. I guess Black Panther came out at the end of last year, so maybe we're thinking of that because there was such a big gap between that oh, and yeah. Thor. Um, but, yeah, we've got one more to go this year. Um, next year, what is Thunderbolts? Isn't that the puppet? That's um. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. That that's the. Uh, it's like a team movie, but Florence Pugh's Black Ooh. Widow was going to be in that one, Ooh. among some other characters. I'm on board. I like Florence Pugh. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting. Like, I'm I'm very very intrigued around Aquaman coming out later this year, just because again, it looks batshit crazy as an Aquaman movie. And just how do they end this? Like how, yeah. and are they fully ending? Or will it, it end? That's the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause like these are still tied in. And I think 
I kind of in gun we trust. Like I feel like it's not just going to be like, all right, that was done. Let's move on and let's start again. I think this obviously still threads that are going to be connected. So we'll see. Yeah, like if anything, the Flash, the, the, I guess multiple endings in that movie, post credit scene, the actual ending, and everything else, just sort of, I think is setting up. We're going to splinter off and have multiple things going on. We always have the option to come back. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, this one, again, I wouldn't rank it in, uh, if I'm going to rank it in among the 15 movies, maybe it's number 10. It's probably not much higher than that, but this is still a buy. I think that it's a, uh, it's a solid movie and I'll get around to watching it again. Am I going to go out of my way to watch it again? No, but like uh, I, I once said the same thing about Birds of Prey and then I rewatched it again. And I loved it even more. Well, I guess we're going to be watching these again, probably at one point because we'll have four to catch up on, won't we? Probably once? before Superman, right? Exactly. So um, good way to end it. Yeah. Like just, I'm buying it. It's still a buy for me. I think, again, the only ones I've rented is Aquaman, and I eventually ended up renting Black Adam. I think I changed that in our recap, didn't mm-hmm. I? Um, but, yeah, it's probably the lower tier. Like, I mean, I'm not going to go through all of them, but, like, I mean, I enjoyed The Flash more than this. I enjoyed Shazam! Fury of the Gods more than this. Um, yeah, this is probably down there with, uh, I don't know, like... A lot of the other ones I'm just scrolling through here going like, oh, I enjoyed that more than this. So this is probably going to be maybe the lowest buy, if I'm being completely honest. It's probably below. I think my lowest buy right now is Wonder Woman. But that's again, and I like Wonder Woman. Um, but so, Not yeah. even 84. <laughs> I loved 84. I liked 84 better than the original. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. So, but yeah, it's still a buy. Um, but uh, yeah, similar to you, it's probably one that um, I probably won't end up watching again until we do a recap of it whenever we do our final four DCEU films leading into the DCU. Uh, other stuff we have coming out. Uh, this is Sparta. third week. This is Sparta. Uh, <laughs> this week on the Oz Network, the 300. Uh, the, this is uh third week you've uh, where you've got mail. So mm. you've got mail on a rom-com month, which by the way, if you haven't listened to this entire month, just go back and listen to it. Cause this is, I think some of the best batch of movies that none of us expected. We actually would have gotten out of this. Yeah. Uh, and we're about to get into the week after that uh, another movie which I've already seen, which I'll reserve my opinion on because we're going to be getting ready to record that very soon. Uh, and then twenty four, we're getting very close to the end of the season. We got what two go. episodes left? We do, yes. Yeah. What's our next? I don't. No, I mean I really don't. Looking at the movies ahead and remembering, and now I got my two free tickets. It might change, but uh, to me, it's only Aquaman oh. and Ferrari to come out this year. Which the trailer for Ferrari came out by the way. I don't know if you. I, I yeah, think I, I saw it that. To you. Yeah, yeah. It it looks it looks. I mean, you can't tell much from this. It's a teaser, but it's a great teaser. I'm I'm um, I'm very much nearly finished the book, and I I thought that Shailene Woodley played Ferrari's wife, and that Penelope Cruz plays his mistress. But it's the other way around. Shailene Woodley is the mistress, and Penelope Cruz is Mrs. Ferrari. So uh, just reading what I'm reading about Mr. Enzo Ferrari, it's going to be an interesting movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. There's the Expendables four. I'll yeah. probably see it, but I don't know if I'm going to go my way. I to... guess the Marvels will see the Marvels. Of course, we'll see. Paw the Patrol, the Mighty Movie. Casper oh, might be on that one. Actually, the Creator. That one looked really good. Yeah. I'd be interested in uh, doing a review of the Creator. I I don't think I'm going to see that. Just it's like one of those. It's like June or that freaking Jupiter Ascending or that. What was that? <laughs> Cara Delevingne one of freaking... Gotta remember the Jupiter Ascender. Uh, I don't know. Like, they're just those science fiction ones, which to me are just like, oh, that's the plot of The Matrix. Why do I want to go see it? Like, it just it doesn't blow me away. So I don't think I'll oh, see we'll it. We'll probably review the Marvels. At the very, oh, we'll do else. the Marvels. Uh, I mean, although- as, as much as I do not want to see a Captain Marvel sequel, I like What's-A-Face from the, the TV show. Um, and also yeah. I see MCU movies because we're on a streak, so... 
I'll, I'll quickly tell my story similar to yours about getting free tickets, which I think was an even better deal than you had. Uh, a couple of years ago, this has nothing to do with Blue Beetle, but a couple of years ago, they were doing like, a, they, well, they, it was the first week they did it where Saturday mornings they would show a family film and you'd only pay originally like $3 to see it. And the first movie they showed was the Muppet movie. So this is before we even had Casper. Jamie and I took my nephews and we basically paid for their admission. So it was like, I don't know, 12 bucks for them, uh, 15, so $18 for four nephews, Jamie and I, to go see the Muppet movie. And the movie plays for about 10 minutes and then all of a sudden the sound cuts out. So they're like, oh, we're going to try to get this going again. Because it's, it's not even digital. It's like, this is an old film reel hmm. that they have and it's all scratchy and everything. And then they started again, a couple minutes in, it stops again. So... Basically, 40 minutes before the movie starts and two false starts, they finally get it going. And then when the movie ends, they offer everybody complimentary tickets to comp your admission. Uh, now, of course, we paid $3 to get in and we got six tickets that were worth, uh, what was it, $10 in value each. So I made like triple my profit in that movie. I, I, I banked a lot of money. And of course, because we paid for my nephews, I took all six of those tickets and saw my movies for a couple of weeks. Well, this, this, yeah, we're just good to the have system. mistakes. Just go to ones where there are mistakes, basically. Um, just yeah. quick, we could also do um, Spy Kids Armageddon. Um, oh, you know, I, I, I like the Spy Kids movies. Eh, Saw 10. Um, we Thanksgiving. Could... Okay. So, so Dick's did you the know musical? about this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift, the Thanksgiving tour. <laughs> uh, I've heard of Thanksgiving. I believe it's in a North American holiday. Yeah, but if you remember the Grindhouse movie, Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did mm. years mm. ago, they mm. had all those fake trailers. Machete was one of them. They made a movie out of it. Thanksgiving was like Eli Roth's fake trailer in Grindhouse, what, 15, 16 years ago? And this is the movie Eli Roth is finally doing 16 years later based on a fake trailer for Thanksgiving. Mm. So that one's fine. I mean, you, you, I'm guessing, haven't seen Grindhouse then. No, of course I have not. Come on, Colin, this is me. Um, <laughs> the Hunger Games, they do that trailer looked horrible. Um, Jamie and I all see that one. Of course you will. Um, Napoleon looks way whatever. Good Burger 2. Nah. Uh, uh, Trolls band together. Uh, Casper's going to be oh, on that one. Tell you one thing. I was excited they were making a chicken run sequel. I saw the trailer. I'm like, fuck, that looks horrible. Uh, <laughs> we also know all these movies are going to get end up getting pushed 2024 at this rate. <laughs> well, Ferrari's still hopefully on a Christmas day. Really. There is um the some Natalie Portman movie that she's uh, probably going to get nominated for an Oscar for. <gasps> so um we can we can talk about that. But that's Oscar month next year. But uh, Ferrari, yeah. I'm I'm most excited for Ferrari. So bring it on. Yeah, I, I might be there with you. And, and bring I'm also excited for Bring It On when we eventually cover that. Oh, one. can um, we? <laughs> I Ere- <do> <laughs> Erection month. <laughs> <laughs> mean Tom, girls. Tom Cruise. Uh, bring it on. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, Tom Cruise. Don't forget him. How? Uh, can I just anyways, say, sorry, random thing. I know we're gonna we're gonna film a do a twenty four episode after this, but I it's it's the week of a week after September eleven, and I watched this video on YouTube, and it was like ranking the nine eleven movies because why wouldn't you? And like I'm weirdly. Like, I'm really into 9-11, so I enjoy watching the movie. I enjoy watching them, but you know what I mean. But there's that movie, like, is it Remember Me or whatever, that's got... Oh, Pattinson? Yeah. So, like, how have we not done this movie? It's got Robert Pattinson, who we've all come on board with. Emily DeRaven is the lead in this movie, the, the female lead, and Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. So, like, this is a movie that I feel we somehow need to fit in. Like, 9-11 month coming next year. <laughs> Um, but like in all seriousness, like, cause everybody apparently hates that movie because the big twist at the end is that he's standing in a tower just before the, the plane hits. Um, so it's like a tragic ending, but like just looking at that cast, oh, 
There's also the Tom Hanks one. Um, oh, everything extremely loud, up close extremely, and everything. Yeah, yeah but they, they, they didn't rank. So bad. they ranked that one, but they didn't rank uh, like other ones. Sort of like, is it Rain Over Me? Uh, the Adam Sandler mm. one, and there's a Will Ferrell one where they're kind of like survivors uh, dealing with it. But like, I mean, United '93 is an absolute masterpiece. Yeah. World Trade Center, from what I remember, was actually pretty good. Um, there's apparently that really horrible Charlie Sheen one and Whoopi Goldberg just called 9-11, which I think George Lopez is in that movie too. Um, <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, anyway, apparently that's absolutely terrible. But um, anyway, 9-11 Boy, I'm month. Excited for, I'm excited for terrorist attack month. Uh, oh, <laughs> Munich. Uh, <laughs> coming soon. Uh, yeah, so listen to 24 and rom-com month and whenever our next movie is and then eventually 9-11 month when we get around to doing it. Uh, my name is Colin, the husband of Jaime Hilding. And my name is Ben, and I can't think of any quotes. I'm just going with a famous Susan Sarandon one. Touch it, touch it, touch it, touch me. I want to be dirty. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)